Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Setting the Standard. Along with Alyssa Wooten, I'm Raymond Johnson from CDE's Office of Standards and Instructional Support. Alyssa, we probably all know the schoolhouse rock song, I'm Just a Bill, which talks about how a bill becomes a law. But today I thought we should talk about what happens after the bill becomes a law. Yeah, I love that one, Raymond. It's one of my favorite schoolhouse rocks. I'm I think so it's everybody's favorite. That example. Yeah, exactly. I know um, our legislative session ended just a couple months ago, and CDE did have um, was affected by a couple bills that were passed through this last legislative session, and one specifically impacted the work that we do with standards in CDE's office. Um, so this is a great topic for us to talk about. I know before I worked at CDE, I didn't have a lot of background knowledge on after a bill is passed, who actually implements that bill, where's the accountability, and all of that. I like how you say a couple bills were passed that affect CDE, which it's more like usually a couple of dozen. Um, so when we get our legislative report at the end of the legislative session, sometimes that's a, a long meeting to figure out who is all affected by which bills. Almost oh, definitely. And really with CDE, we all um, kind of have our own section and our own responsibilities. So within our office, it's really anything that pertains to standards. But there's just a vast variety of other bills that have been passed and that are topics that are commonly brought up in the legislation legislative sessions that um, do pertain to education. And one of the reasons we thought that this was a worthwhile topic to talk about today is because sometimes there's some misunderstanding about where these policies come from. And I get it. I, I taught uh, here in Colorado at a couple different school districts, and you would hear a lot of people say, oh, well, CDE makes us do this and CDE makes us do that. And CDE might be in charge of implementing and enforcing, but commonly things aren't our idea. Most of the time, everything CDE does, um, I think with everything we do, you can link it back to something that happened in the legislature. Yeah, really what our jobs boil down to is that once bills are passed, we are the implementers of those bills and policies. And so um, in the field, before I worked at CDE, I kind of had that same mentality, what you were mentioning, that CDE is kind of the rule maker. And in reality, the um, legislature is the rule maker and CDE is just implementing those laws that have been passed. And there are some cases where CDE can sort of work alongside with the legislature. Um, it, it's official policy here at CDE that we do not endorse legislation. But our State Board of Education, should they choose to and vote to, they can endorse legislation, which sends a nice clear sig signal to the legislature that, you know, CDE, or at least the State Board, is in favor of some, of some bill that they're considering. And we do have a legislative liaison that can do some communication back and forth between the legislature and the department and that may not happen on every bill, but it happens on some. Um, yeah. You've got some experience with that, right? Actually, that came up this past school year, and our legislative liaison reached out to me specifically for personal finance um, because there was a bill that was being written. Um, they were trying to gather some information for what they wanted to propose around personal finance education in Colorado. And um, so she reached out to me to get, you know, what were the most current standards, kind of the history of the revisions, um, when we were set to implement the revised standards that had already been approved by our state board, just so they had a baseline of information and they could build the, 
they could create that bill based on what already was in place and then improve or add on to um, what they wanted in personal finance education statewide. Um, Unfortunately, the bill didn't pass, but I did keep an eye on it and a couple others this year. And that's something in our jobs, what we do pretty often during the legislative session. I know I'm always watching the bill tracker and not necessarily to influence or to you know, be part of that conversation, but really just to kind of see what's coming down the pipelines to see what could possibly impact my position or my, my what I'll be implementing in the field with teachers and with districts throughout the school year. So anyway, it, it really is the way we get our first glimpse at our possible future to do list. Exactly. So we can just kind of be proactive and think ahead on what could be passed. And so the legislative liaison reached out to me and we had um, communication channels with the folks who were writing the bills, our legislative liaison for CDE, who was in in close contact with the education committee in the legislature. And um, there were just a lot of moving parts going all at once. It was a really great learning experience just to see that process go through. And even though the bill didn't pass, um, it was really the first time that I got to see my role and um, how what the implications of my job and and um, if that bill were to pass, just kind of thinking ahead and being proactive about how, how would that impact my day to day or any projects that I would be working on. But another bill that I know our whole office was uh, watching was the standards revision bill that actually did pass in the legislature this year. Yes. And that one, yes, we are all anticip- uh, anticipating that one passing and it did pass and it did get signed. And for people in the field who aren't familiar with that that bill, which now it's a statute, it's a state law, um, it, it just modifies the standards review cycle that we had previously. So the previous statute said that we need to revise all of our state standards by 2018, which we did, and then uh, they should be reviewed and potentially revised every six years thereafter. And this new bill, now statute, Uh, just modifies that cycle to stagger the content areas. And so instead of uh, school districts receiving all 12 content areas revised all at one time, they're now going to get about a third of them every two years. Right. And And now with the hopes that this makes the management of standards revision easier for districts. From the perspective of our office, it's going to require a lot of rethinking about how we conduct revision cycles and who we task which which jobs. But the bill wasn't passed to make our jobs easier. That bill was passed to hopefully make things easier for districts. And I think over time it will. The interesting thing with that specific statute that's now in place um, in staggering the standards revision. So in the past, what we had done was revised all content areas at the same time. So, you know, gathering our committees and getting feedback from the field on what revisions needed to be done. That was kind of done all on the same timeline, regardless of the content area. And now really having the time to focus on some specific content areas and staggering it over time. Um, With that statute in place, there is quite a bit of interpretation and there is some flexibility so we can determine as experts what's best for the field or what content areas should be addressed first. Um, Maybe which content areas are already experiencing some revisions. Like I know in social studies, um, there was a genocide bill in education that has passed that we're incorporating more information in in the content standards about genocide. Um, And then also last year, there was a bill that was passed about inclusion 
inclusion, all of those updates. So, you know, it might make sense for social studies to be revised first because there are already some other statutes in place that we're working on. So in that instance, it makes sense for us to have the freedom or the flexibility to interpret that. But really, ultimately, it's up to the state board of education. And so if they see fit that, you know, mathematics should go first or science should go last, um, then, you know, that makes sense. And we'll make sure that we carry that out based right. on the interpretation of the state board. And this is where the state board plays an interesting role because, you know, you can look to see where does the, where does the bill end? Where does this new statute end in its guidance? And where does CDE's decision-making come into play as far as how it's going to get implemented? And with the specific example we're talking about, there's a, still a lot of work for us to do to decide uh, what subject areas are gonna come up when and how we're gonna structure the revision. But the statute itself doesn't really give us a schedule. It does tell us, you know, approximately a third of the standards every two years. And now we're starting to, you know, we've gotten the statute, we're starting to think through this on our end. But sometimes the state board uh, really takes a, a larger role in deciding exactly how they want CDE to structure their work around implementation. And we saw this, a good example is the READ Act. You know, the READ Act is a, it was a big deal and it got a lot of news headlines because we didn't think, uh, you know, there was evidence to show that it wasn't working as well as maybe it could. And legislatures said, let's take another shot at this. What do we need to rewrite to make it work better? And they did, but it didn't go straight to the literacy office. The state board then took it and underwent a process that we call rulemaking. So lawmakers like make laws, the state board, they make rules. But it's this extra layer of sort of a procedural instructions for how they want CDE to carry things out. And, and usually they're doing this in very close consultation with CDE itself. We, we might even present them with suggested rules for how we want to do it so they can vote things, things up and down. Now, in the case of that REDAC legislation, there were specific instructions in the bill telling the State Board of Education to promulgate rulemaking, and so they did. In the case of our standards revision bill, there is no requirement to promulgate rulemaking. Yeah, and I think something to think about as well is when you're keeping an eye on these bills that are being proposed, only a handful of them are actually placed into statute and passed. And then once they are passed, there's almost always an implementation period where the state board can review and create the rules as necessary, or the specific office that will be carrying out that legislation will be able to plan and implement that legislation within a couple years. So the timeline isn't always that long, but I know with our standards revision process, um, we're talking about a six-year period of time where we'll be implementing the statute and then um, hopefully getting the revised standards for the next Next round, you know, this fall 2020 is the first semester that the revised standards or the most recent revision of standards is being implemented. And before that implementation period, we're already talking about the next revision period. So there is a lot of lead time. So if this is something as an educator or as a district leader that you're keeping an eye on, it can really help you to be a little bit proactive in your planning for implementation of any education policies um, that are coming down the line and know that you will have some time to adjust and to plan for these changes. And time for us to collect some of that feedback and and uh, hear from people if they have preferences about how to do things. And we have budgets to work out and, and uh, you know, funding cycles are part of this. And 
honestly, like this when when I saw this bill coming, it's like, you know, I wasn't I was skeptical at first because we'd already sort of been thinking ahead. We'd, we'd always been saying like, oh, we revised in 2018 for the 2020 standards. You know, 2024, we'll be doing this again uh, for implementation probably in 2026. It's hard to say those years out loud and they don't quite feel real yet. It's like, okay, so but now we've got to shuffle our thinking a bit. And uh, maybe it's a good thing that this bill was passed when it was that we we don't have a lot of time but before 2022, but better that we got this bill now than a year from now when we would have been under even tighter uh, timelines to collect the information we need and put out a good set of standards for whatever approximately one third of the standards comes up next. <laughs> exactly. And it's it really is good to have that lead time and the implementation time so we can really focus on the content areas that are coming up. And, um, you know, rather than doing them all at once, gathering all of our committees, getting feedback from the field and from administrators, um, all at once, we can really focus on just a few content areas at a time and maybe have a more comprehensive review of the standards um, and take more time for each standard content area to, um, to do those revisions. And some of the other bills you mentioned, like we had a couple that passed that affect social studies standards, and you mentioned one for financial literacy that didn't pass. But it helps us to be mindful that we need to be sort of nimble in our planning because we don't know what's going to happen for next year's legislative session. Uh, who knows? There could be a science bill that says we have to include uh, pandemic awareness into the science standards. We don't know. We don't decide those things. The public will decide those things. Our legislators will decide those things. And if they pass, we will do our best to implement them in a way that serves Colorado educators and students the best we can. Exactly. And for our, our listeners and for anyone interested in tracking bills, the legislative session in Colorado happens annually and it starts in February and usually ends in April. And so with that time period, that's where all of the decisions are being made for our state legislature and what is going to be put into statute for that particular session. And so hopefully we can provide an update to everyone for next year, for next session, as bills are coming through and kind of what we're keeping an eye on and thinking about and as items pass. Um, but it's an annual process here in Colorado, which isn't the same for every state. Mm -hmm. And and for us, the, you know, under normal conditions, when we work downtown, we also associate the legislative session with other things like full restaurants and hard to find parking. <laughs> I was going to say expensive parking because all of expensive the parking lots parking. downtown, they go up a few dollars. During right. the legislative session, yeah. Yeah, and, and traffic gets a little heavier, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. about mid-May, it, it calms down just a little bit again. Yeah, so it's just a cycle like anything else, and um, I, I'm glad that within our positions, we're able to really keep an eye out. Like I said before, just be proactive, see what's coming down the pipeline, and we can be reactive and implement what legislation is put in place. But as far as our role at CDE, it really is just to provide some support and information on current standards. And if there's any legislation that's being proposed to revise or change those standards that we can provide advice or um, 
not necessarily advice, but just information. Unbiased information. Unbiased information to them um, to help give them what they need, give them the information that they need to write up a bill that's comprehensive. And then if a bill is passed and becomes a statute, that it's our job to implement that in the field, but we don't necessarily have any role in making the decision on that statute. Not beyond we elect our legislators the same as all the other citizens who vote for our legislators here in Colorado. Exactly. So, Alyssa, if people want to know more about financial literacy in Colorado, where do they find you? Well, you can find me on the CDE website and our financial literacy page. And we also have a new resource bank that should be up and running this week. And hopefully I can share a little bit more about that um, in upcoming episodes. Where can we find you, Raymond? Uh, similarly, I've been working on some updates to the mathematics pages of the CDE website uh, this summer, and uh, there's also a, a, a listserv that I was cleaning up the listserv the other day, and it's really hard as educators move from district to district or some retire and new ones get hired. You know, those listservs sort of decay, so I really appreciate it when people ask to be added or ask to have their their information updated, because that's that's really a key way I keep in touch with people. So we'd like to thank everybody for listening today. Hopefully now you, uh, there's no follow-up song to I'm Just a Bill. We don't have a little cute cartoon that we're going to post in mid-70s style. But we did want to tell this story about what happens, not just uh, what happens as a bill becomes a law, but how a new law affects uh, policy and implementation at CDE. So please join us next time on Setting the Standard.